KG, and this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy! I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. It won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh no, not the bees! Monta. Not the bees! Monta. Montucky ah, ah, Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. Bam, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties today. But the important thing is we got it fixed before we even started the show. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> we had a restart, but that's okay. We, we always let you guys behind the curtain, let you know what's going on. So what have you been up to, Brandon? You know, it's been... Uh batching it for the last few days batching it yep what is that bachelorhood oh bachelorhood oh wife's out of town for four or five days so with the kids yeah yeah you always get that you get that a couple of times a year it seems like once a year probably it's about it it seems like more often than that but i oh excuse me i only got that when uh (laughs) when we were doing special olympics and i was coaching because i would go out of town but uh, I don't do that anymore, so it never happens anymore. What's that like? Boring. Boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Especially when there's, like, stuff you want to watch on Netflix, but you don't really want to sit around the house watching Netflix by yourself. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So last night I went out and, like, fuck it, I'm going out. I uh, grabbed the fishing pole, went out, went fishing for a couple hours, it was kind of nice. Didn't catch jack shit, but... Yeah, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah, I uh, I always contemplate on how, la- on how lame I've become <laughs> since I've gotten children uh, when I have spare time. Because there was a while there where Friday nights, I mean, me and my wife were working Saturday mornings, and so my mother-in-law would watch the kid on, on uh, Friday nights before river came to move back in with us so i'd have the house all by myself and every now and then i'd go to a movie but other than that i never did anything and i'd always just sit around on friday and be like god i'm lame like i can't even get the muster the gusto to like walk out of the house and do something and when i do something it's like a couple of minutes and i'm like i should go home (laughs) no i got quite a few things done i Worked on my uh, camp trailer for a while and tore apart the door on my truck. We had a long discussion about that out on the porch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, because of the Alien Movie Project, I misunderstood something. And uh, I put Kate in the left channel and, and uh, Aaron in the right. Or rather, I left it there. <laughs> and so uh, you were having a trouble with one set of speakers. Yeah, I, had, I couldn't hear anything out of the left channel, so I couldn't hear Kate at all. And that podcast is really tough to listen to when it's just air inside, especially yeah. when they're going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And you're hearing Aaron go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like way more in tune with now that I like have each of them in a channel. <laughs> like I'm editing individual channels, but yeah, I fixed that for under the skin. So don't worry about it. It's all fixed. And uh, I'm going to say it's the best episode that I've edited for a podcast. I'm just going to say that. Nice. I don't know if it's true, but I was, I listened to it when I was done. I was very happy with the work. So 
uh, I figured out some stuff, which is not going to be interesting to the listener whatsoever. So I'm going to shut up about that. But um, something else weird I've been doing lately is, I, I, as people know, <coughs> I fall down rabbit holes on YouTube quite a bit. And so the rabbit hole I fell into was like a bunch of commercials, like old commercials that I found funny for various reasons. So the first one we're going to listen to is one of the old classic Marlboro Man commercials, okay? So this was a TV commercial that was on. And, uh, oh my God, just listen. I got things to say about this. This is a man who smokes Marlboro cigarettes. What kind of a man is he? I'm a guy who likes to work on my car. I get to working on it and forget where I am, what time it is. I even forget to eat. You don't forget to smoke, though. I always smoke when I work. They go together. Why Marlboro? Well, it's a combination of things. When I draw on a cigarette, I want to taste something. With Marlboro, I do. Yet it's got a filter that works. Then there's this flip-top box. I like things that are well-designed. This box is interesting and practical. New Marlboro. Filter. Flavor. Flip-top box. Popular filter price. So the I sell propane and propane accessories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what this is one of the Marlboro man. Um, so one of the things I got to say about this is, uh, if you listen to this, I think it might be Brick Tamlin's father, because he's just like. <laughs> He, he's just like, I start working on a car. I don't know what time it is or where I am. Like, why, dude? You're working yeah. on a car. It's not like you stepped into time warp. Like, shit didn't change around you. And he likes the box because it's well-designed. Yeah. I like myself a well-designed box. Do you think that Marlboro came up with the design of the box and then they were just pissed when every other cigarette company designed that? Probably. <laughs> I love that that was a selling point. The hard pack. <laughs> anyway, so this was so that led to this commercial. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. Doctors in a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Why not change to Camels for the next 30 days? See how Camels agree with your throat. See how mild and good tasting <laughs> a cigarette can be. So that is funny as a smoker. That is hilarious. Yeah. It's a, first off, what a paradise that would have been. <laughs> I mean, people would have been dying of lung cancer left and right, but what a paradise that your doctor's just like, yeah, you know, I noticed you're smoking Marlboros there. If you really care about your health and your throat, you should switch to Camels. <laughs> Go for the camel wides. <laughs> yeah. Hey, try it for 30 days and see how much better your throat feels. <laughs> like that was a prescription that doctors would have given. I love it. Oh, what a paradise that would have been. I just got to say. Camels just seem like the roughest cigarette out there. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start playing this and then I'm going to pause it and you'll see why. 
Last year, a motion picture captured the world's imagination and broke box office records. Its title was Rocky. Its star was Sylvester Stallone. Okay, what do you think this is a commercial for so far? I think it's just a radio ad. For what? For Rocky, but I don't know. For Rocky? Right, that's what you would think, right? Okay, here we go. Years before Rocky was made, Stallone was broke, hungry, and living in a bus station. So he took off all his clothes and made an X-rated movie. It's titled The Italian Stallion. See what a superstar did for 200 bucks when he was starving. The Italian Stallion, starring Sylvester Stallone and Suzette Summers, rated X from Tanamount Pictures. Okay, the things I could say about this one. First off, like, starring Suzanne Somers and, like, Sly is the top billing. Like, you can tell Rocky just came out. That's number one. Number two is, like, <laughs> see what he did for 200 bucks. Like, they're very specific on this. Like, we gave him $200 for this. So, $200 in, like, 70s money? I mean, you know, that I guess that's an okay sum, right? That's probably your rent in New York, right? That's probably your rent. So uh, we know it's probably half the rent or three quarters of the rent. I don't think it's going to make a full month in two in seventies dollars. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think it, it depends. Might. Tends how low rent you get, but <laughs> well, if he's doing if you doing porn in for- alleys. <laughs> Anyway, so I enjoyed that. So that that one led to this one. And I, I just, I'm going to be honest. I just like what the announcer sounds like on this one. The sinful dwarf, a depraved psychotic misfit crazed by the charms of young girls and luring them from the city streets into a hellish snake pit. My son will show you the room. Is that a bat or a dwarf? What do you think of that blonde girl? (laughs) The sinful dwarf. Admission restricted. The sinful dwarf. (laughs) It's so great, dude. What if they came out with a Doctor Strange trailer that sounded like that? I would be so in. (laughs) I want to get the same guy. Just Is he in a retirement home right now? (laughs) Like, I want the same guy. Okay, so that, of course, led me down a very, very bad <laughs> rabbit hole, which led to this one. In person. Actually, hold on. Let me start this over. So this has some of the worst advice I've ever heard in the commercial. You listen for it, and having a wife, you tell me what the bad advice is. Are you ready? In person. Midnight skin. Midnight Scandals is burlesque the way it ought to be, live on stage next to you. And we take off all the law allows. It's strictly adult stuff, so bring your IDs. And fellows, we're giving a free personal souvenir to every one of you, so you'll always remember. Midnight Scandals plus two movies. Bring the ladies and make them take notes. It's a red hot (laughs) night you'll never forget. Midnight Scandals. So what do you think the bad advice is? (laughs) Making them take notes. That's the second part of it. I think the first part of it was the first part of that sentence, which is bring your ladies and make them take notes. <laughs> I'd say the whole, that whole sentence is bad advice. <laughs> Let's uh, focus on half of it. 
I love that. But the other thing I love is that the they basically got the radio announcer from the zoo crew to like do this. Like listen to this again, man. Like he could have stepped out from like any classic rock radio <laughs> morning show. In person. Midnight scandals. Midnight scandals is burlesque the way it ought to be live on stage next Eve. And we take off all the law allows. It's strictly adult stuff, so bring your IDs. And fellows, we're giving a free. <laughs> It's strictly adult stuff, so bring your IDs. And tell them 95.7, Weenie in the Butt brought you. <laughs> Beanie in the Butt? Is that what it's Weenie in the Butt. Weenie in the Butt. <laughs> okay, now this one, this one, like, it's not super clever, but, like, they have one thing in here that's just like, wait, wait, what? What did you just say? You could never say this on the radio now. Are you ready? The unpublishable novel is now a movie. The Hillbilly Hooker. The Hillbilly Hooker. Was she too old at 14? What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. I mean, there's more to this commercial, but I'm stuck on that line. Was she too old at 14? What do you you think, Brandon? (laughs) She's she's too old. Wait, what do you say? <laughs> I you'd catch that. <laughs> she may have been poor white trash, but Fancy was her name. is coming for you. And she doesn't sound southern. In color. Admission restricted. Come on out and see me sometime. Anyway. Now, these aren't all dirty. That's not what I would expect for when you hear the term hillbilly hooker. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, they're not all dirty. This one can help your health. Are you ready? This this would be my favorite one if it wasn't for the one after, but oh my God. This is, this is maybe the best TV commercial of all time. I will tell you this. Totally translates to podcasts, though. Drank a lot of water. I really have to go. People are waiting to tee off, and there's no restroom out here. Guys, how many times has this happened to you? Come on, you know you can't hold it in that long. Don't worry, I've got the perfect gift for you. Introducing the Euro Club, the discreet sanitary solution for your urgent relief. Created by a board-certified urologist, it looks like an ordinary golf club, but it contains a special reservoir built into the grip to relieve yourself. The Euro Club comes with a special towel to keep your privacy. And it appears to everyone that you're just checking out your club. At first it seems comical, but believe me, when you really have to go, it's a lifesaver. Sanitary, leak-proof, easy to clean, and no more embarrassing moments in the bush. Dramatically improve your golf scores for only $49.95. And when you order now, get a second Euro Club for half price. That's two for only $74.92. Club now at 866-999-4-EURO. The Euro Club, the only club in your bag guaranteed to keep you out of the woods. Okay. This is a lot of information at once. So I've seen this commercial this many this? times. Okay. So the, the- uh, one of the channels my kids watch is uh, Watch Mojo. And they break down like the top 10 blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it was like worst infomercials. And this was uh, top three, I think. I love the idea that this was an infomercial that they did a whole half hour of like. I don't old think it was a half. I don't think. Club. I think it was just like. T 
TV spots in general. Right. So, the but, TV spot that they pulled from the infomercial, probably. Like, probably. You know how they always do that? They, they work it in three or four times during the infomercial. Um, so the first thing, the absolutely crazy thing about this is that it comes with a towel. You might miss that in the <laughs> description, but so they have this towel that like they, you hook up to the bottom of your shirt and then the dude's just sitting there like peeing into the club, like <laughs> nothing's happening. And it's like so obvious that <laughs> so something's happening. Obvious. <laughs> the second thing is like. It improves your golf score. That's what they said. <laughs> I don't see how that can improve your golf score with like liquid swashing around while you're like going to hit it. And I guess the last, like one, if somebody was going to take a drive and you pull out a putter and then like they pull down a towel and then they just sit there like <laughs> something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on. And I guess the last thing is like, how much can you hold in that club till it overflows? Like, what if you drank like a double big gulp? You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're pouring that sucker out in sixteenth <laughs> green. Then you're like walking over to a bush and pulling it out. Isn't that the problem it's trying to save from you? And, and honestly, like. Isn't being able to pee outdoors as a man one of the most satisfying things anyway? Oh, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> and you, golfing, you're probably going with your with your bras. So. Yeah, so, you know, I didn't see where this was a real problem to start with. But. <laughs> yeah, as any infomercial, but especially this one. And it comes with two clubs. Like, what are you doing with these two clubs? Like, let's say you feel one. Like, are you going to, like, stop in the middle and cut yourself off and grab the other one? Or is that for somebody else to use? Are you ever using a Euro club once somebody else uses your Euro club? Are they going to, like, oh, you have a 10, you have a 10 club maximum. That can <laughs> And I'm a caregiver, and I'm here to tell you, when you have, like, a standard toilet, it's hard to keep it sanitary. Like, how are you keeping a glove that you, or a club that you then go to hit a golf ball with sanitary? See, see it's, I don't know if you've seen the commercial for it, but it's not have, a yeah. regular club. Oh, no, I've seen it. It's like a putter with, like, a shaft that's, like, three or four times bigger than it normally would be. Yeah. It's insane, dude. <laughs> this is the most insane project. You know, there's just so much to think about. Like, how do you keep that sucker sealed? Because most people, when they put their golf clubs in their bag, put it grip down first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you store that thing? Ew. Ugh. You got piss leaking you down get, out of the bottom of your bag. All that it takes is to leak once. <laughs> That's all. That, what about if you drip when you pull it out? Oh. This is a horrible idea. <laughs> Do not get the Euro. I mean, maybe get the Euro Club for a joke gift, but. You're not putting that in your real golf bag. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my last one. I actually did research on this one because when I first heard this, I was like, no way this is an actual commercial. This is an actual commercial on American TV in the 80s. That This is going to blow your fucking mind. Are you ready? It's not about anything else. Go to your room and lock the door. Because when you try it once, you want to try it some more. Size doesn't matter and that's a fact. It might be small, but it's a big impact. Bust a nut. Bust a nut. 
This is for corn nuts. <laughs> well, it gets better. Enjoy yourself, we will tell. Nuts, an intensely crunchy corn snack, comes in seven nut busting flavors. Bust a nut at a convenience store near you. It sounds like uh, Brandon T. Jackson's uh, commercials in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't ahead. it Bust a Nut? I don't know. And don't... Booty Sweat. Oh, Papa Nut, wasn't it? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just like. Comes in seven great flavors. Go ahead. We won't tell. It's like Stephen Wright delivering it or something. <laughs> which, speaking of which, um, last night, talking about like things holding up like we were last week, um, I flipped on IFC. I was just flipping around on the old Sling TV, and uh, they had Half Baked on. And I have not seen Half Baked in like 10 years. Oh, I haven't seen it in at least that long. Yeah, and I've seen it a bunch of times on various streaming stuff, which I should have just flipped it over to that as soon as I decided to watch it. But um, IFC doesn't cut out anything. They just break for commercial over and over again. <laughs> so, uh, Which I think was when like NBC bought it out or whoever bought it out. Like They started breaking for commercials. They used to have a bunch of commercials between the movies, and then it would be nonstop like a movie channel. Now they like break for commercials, but they don't cut stuff out. So it's like I can tolerate watching movies on IFC. But I started watching that and I was just like laughing and I was like shocked at how well it held up because like some of the jokes are like a little bit dated, but he just sells them so well. Like Dave Chappelle is just so (laughs) fucking good in that movie. And uh, even Jim Brewer and Cuban B, I don't know his real name, but the guy who plays uh, a Scarface, he Fuck, they're just fucking hilarious, dude. Harlan Wayne or not? Uh, no, 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 but he's the one in prison. Yeah, yeah. Who's like they're trying? To, yeah, the whole plot. This could never happen nowadays. The whole plot of that movie is to save Kenny from getting raped in prison, <laughs> like specifically raped in prison. He's like, have you ever ran through a cornfield backwards? <laughs> And my wife, every time I bring that up, she gets mad and she's like, no, like every time I would try and watch it. And I think it's just because it's like a weed movie or whatever. But like I popped it on on the TV because she's watching some reality show and I went to go to bed. She's like, oh, it's done. But I got to do this first before I go to bed. And I was like, well, let me just turn this on. Really, And I didn't tell her what it was. And it was maybe 45 minutes before it was done. That's with commercials. So it's like the last half hour of the movie. Dude, she she fucking laughed the whole time. Like she really enjoyed that movie. So I didn't tell her what it was because I didn't want to spoil it by having her like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. I don't like, you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. like, I knew she was lying. Before. I want to talk to Samson. <laughs> yeah, we were. Pa- I, yeah, I missed the I want to talk to Samson part because it's at the very beginning. And I caught it from when he's in the um, he's in the building where he first finds all the weed. Like the scientist comes over, he's like, "Oh, janitor, I know this isn't your job, but can you go turn this in for me?" And he goes, "Sure, hey scientist, 
mop this shit up for me. <laughs> like hands with the thing. And he calls him the scientist who calls him janitor. <laughs> One part, I love that. He always refers to him as scientist. Uh, just so many subtle little things that are just funny as hell in that movie. But that movie totally holds up. Who would have known? I really didn't think that movie would hold up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just timeless jokes in that, though. They're not really such dated. Yeah, and even, like, they're testing out, like, they're basically testing out medical marijuana in the thing. So it's even, like, it's, it's it's not really that dated either. And then it was fun seeing Jon Stewart without gray hair. Like, he had black hair in that. Like, he's the uh, the enhancement smoker. Have you ever seen a $20 bill? Own weed. And he develops that little bit of an accent every time he's like, own weed. <laughs> or Snoop Dogg playing the uh, scavenger smoker. <laughs> I even hit the motherfucker yet. <laughs> Willie Nelson playing the back in the day smoker. Man, I remember when a dime bag used to cost a dime. You know how much condoms cost back in the day? No, how much, man? I don't know. We never used them. (laughs) (laughs) Just so great. That movie is hilarious. And like everybody in that movie is famous now. Like everybody in it. There was little cameos that I can't remember any right now, but everybody who was in that wound up being big. It's kind of surprising. I had completely forgot about Stephen Wright playing the guy on the couch, which is why I started talking about this. And they refer to him as the guy the all guy. the time. Hey, the guy. <laughs> you should ask the guy, man. <laughs> we don't, he's only here because he, he's your boy. He ain't my boy. I don't know him. Do you know him? No. <laughs> Fuck, I hey, thought you knew Hey, him. the guy. Are you going to start paying rent since none of us know us? Forget about me. I'll still be here. I'm not important. The important thing is that you go rob that place blind. <laughs> <laughs> so great, man. <laughs> it's amazing how some of those movies like really do hold up. Like... Yeah. Up in Smoke, I can't believe, has held up for Still so long. Up. My wife was going through my uh, DVDs, and I don't think she realized Up in Smoke was a weed movie when she started to watch it, because she just doesn't want to watch weed movies. But like, she watched that and just fucking, I mean, busted up laughing through the whole thing. And it's one of those things, like... There's a couple of parts I still laugh at, but most of it I don't because I, I know the jokes forward and yeah. backwards. And we used to drive around in your truck and play the soundtrack and stuff. And so, like, those sketches are just completely ruined for me now. But I could still enjoy it because I was watching her laugh, which made me laugh because I enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. That's that's where co- old comedies can still hold up if they don't make you laugh anymore. When you, like, introduce somebody to a new comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's not one me. you can like introduce the kids to, though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know your name kids. was Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Such a funny movie. You know what's funny? I used to actually. I used to find more humor out of that movie sober than when I was smoking. Yeah, because it, it does, it's a 70s movie, so it's more of a slow, even for a comedy, it's like kind of a slow burn. It is a burn. slow burn. Uh, pardon the expression, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it, it is kind of slow. So yeah, I would imagine when you're smoking, that would be a tough movie to get through still. Like probably worse now, because everything's just faster now yeah. in movies. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah like sober it totally totally holds up man especially if you keep in mind like this is a 70s movie you know you kind of have to couch it with that a little bit but uh dude chong is in like half-baked squirrel master he protects (laughs) kenny's virgin ass (laughs) (laughs) oh so yeah you can hear my drunk neighbors really really well now that's the bummer to moving out to the living room with the recording studio. I don't know if it's going to pick up on mic, but that's not us screaming belligerently, I promise. So, I'm here drinking a Landshark lager. And for those of you that don't know, it's basically uh, Jimmy Buffett's personal like label, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got that, and he's got Margaritaville tequila. Yeah. So, um, la- last year when I went to Vegas, we uh, I've always had like this fondness for Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, listen to a lot of their a lot of his albums. And yeah, it anytime I see one from my dad, anytime I see one like in a record shop or somewhere, I always pick it up. Yeah. Um. So I've you know accrued quite a few albums over the years and. Um, I used to listen to Jimmy Buffett, uh, Sirius Channel, which... Yeah, Margaritaville. Yeah. <laughs> He's really trading off that name, dude. And, you know, so I listened to that. I used to listen to it at work because it was something I had enjoyed at work, but it was kind of edgy for work, sort yeah. of. yeah. Oh, like this song, Finn's, where he's talking about a girl who's just trying to avoid being, like, poked by every dude <laughs> in the entire town because she's the only female. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of things I really, like, glean. You know, I listen to a lot of his older stuff where he does talk about Montana and a few different things. Yeah. Like, Livingston Saturday Night, yep. Ringling, Ringling. Ringling, Ringling, that's... That was the one that I never realized wasn't a popular song until you were bringing up something about that. Like, isn't that like a rare track? Or am I thinking of Living and Dying in Three-Four Time? Well, that, it's on that album, Living and Dying in Three-Quarter Time. Okay. And I think it's a B-side Yeah. on that. Yeah, I think you're right. And that weirded me out because my dad listened to Jimmy. Like, he would, he'd go to pick us up in Oregon and, uh... We would take like long ass road trips. And whenever we took those road trips, he'd have tons of cassettes and a lot of them he just recorded from records. And so he would play like whole Jimmy Buffett albums. And th- I mean, that Ringling Ringling was on one of the albums he played all the time. So yeah, it never even occurred to me that could be a beast. And the town it's about is about a 45 minute drive from here. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been there. Maybe I should check it out. Yeah, It's like super dead, right? Yeah, it's a tiny little place um and in fact like it's barely a stop sign in a bar is about all that's in ringling wow and a 50 year old pile of beer cans i guess <laughs> <laughs> well i mean let's see this album was somewhere around 1970 probably so well that's got to be more than that because it was 27 years of beer so we're talking to almost 80 year <laughs> pile of beer cans yeah wow <laughs> it's amazing and so I've always had like this fondness for Jimmy Buffett 
And while we're in Vegas, we had the uh, opportunity, what, like, we were deciding where to go for lunch. And we, uh, the wife and kids both wanted a White Castle burgers. Because they never see White Castle. Yeah. This is a weird thing that might be unique to Montana is that when people from Montana travel outside of Montana, they want to hit every fast food restaurant that they don't have. Yeah, so you end up with like Jack in the Box, which like is not something that people want to normally hit outside. No. Of, like if you have a Jack it's in the not, Box in the town, not good, dude. I I felt the same way about Jack in the Box, and then I lived in a town with the Jack in the Box, and I realized like, no, dude, like they have a bad rep because they've killed people. <laughs> <laughs> like they killed people with the E. coli outbreaks multiple times. So yeah, and um, I've had White Castle before. I had it in Vegas. Oh. When we went to Vegas, we had some White Castle. And it, it was, you know, I'd like to think I'm above the Montana thing, but I'm totally not because my wife and I were walking around. I'm like, let's go to White Castle. I've never been there. And I was like, oh, all they have is those little burgers? Like, that's it? That That's it? That's, that's all they have. Really? That's all they have? <laughs> like, it, it fucked with me a little bit, you know? And they're not good enough where it's like, like if you eat it, dicks. Yeah. And I know how that sounds, but that is their slogan. And I'm sure it's their slogan for a reason. Like they're very simple burgers, but they're so fucking good. I yeah. mean, it's like in and out. They don't freeze their stuff. Like it's really fresh. White Castle, you can't really claim it. Like they're kind of gross. Like they sweat. They're just into a the greasy burger. burger. Yeah. And they're just really tiny. Yeah. Like. But I was like, so we were walking back because we we're about halfway down the strip and we we're walking back to towards our hotel and we're like okay we'll get some white castle and then i was see this on like the right, in a casino that you went to the white castle well we were going to it's right on the strip right but was it like inside the casino I on the strip i think so yeah i think we might have gone to the same white castle it was close to our hotel like the circus circus where we were both but staying. i got about halfway back and on the right on the same side of the strip was Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah. Yeah. I think we hit the same White Castles. And I'm like, you know what? I've always said if I was near a Margaritaville, I'd check out a Margaritaville. So what's going on in Margaritaville? It was fucking terrible. <laughs> fucking terrible. I kind of assumed. I, you know... It was probably the worst food I ate in Vegas. Wow. That's saying a lot. And all, I mean, There's I... some bad buffet in Vegas. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that, that low, low class in Vegas, but... Oh, you didn't do buffets? No, I didn't. Dude, every breakfast we did buffet and breakfast. No, I hit <laughs> like the Vegas. Krispy Kreme for breakfast. That's probably a smarter move. Yeah. Um, but I'm like you know what? I'm just going to order a cheeseburger because yeah, cheeseburger, in cheeseburger in paradise, right? Yeah. You know, then that's like rolling through my head. Like you can't fuck up a cheeseburger. Oh yes, you can. Yeah. They figured out how to fuck up a cheeseburger. Was it raw? Was it over? Well, it was just nothing. Was like nothing. It was well, well, well like, let me, let me find out what was on it. Cause I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Heinz 57 and French fried potato, 
big kosher pickle and a cold draft beer. Did it have those things? The cold draft beer was good. Okay. It's what I'm drinking right now. Uh, yeah, the land shark. The land shark. Yeah, which reminds me more of Hunter S. Thompson than it does of Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was just a boring, boring burger. You know, I've had, a, like, fast food burgers that had more flavor. Did it have lettuce and tomato? I had lettuce. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't order tomato typically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't like tomatoes or onions on your burger, huh? No. You're one of those. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> I You can pull, like, pile as much shit as you want on a burger, and I'll probably eat it. Which is weird. When I barbecue, a lot of the time I won't put any condiments on. Like, if you get a good fucking burger. like a Just really a good, good burger, piece of meat. Dude, you could just eat the burger <laughs> in a bun and it's delicious. And some people are like, no, you can't. No. no. If you barbecue the right piece of meat. Like, I used to occasionally buy Angus patties. Or get the good ground round or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, dude. You can just eat that burger in a bun and it's so good. And yeah. it's way less messy, too. And... And I I like to get a little, like, if I go to Red Robin over in Missoula, I go yeah. to Burger. I like to get, like, the one with the egg and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll you'll play with the weird burgers, too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love, like, a guacamole burger. Yeah, me too. Southwestern Burger. Like, you put the guacamole and some kind of salsa on it and, yeah. like, bacon usually. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, so this good. this was just, like cafeteria style cheeseburger and i was like come on seriously <laughs> like where's my kosher pickle <laughs> a, lo- a lot of me died in that place that day uh, that's a bummer yeah so if uh anybody at jimmy buffett margaritaville is listening to this you need to step up your burger game <laughs> yeah you need to get your burgers tight yeah yeah because i mean it it actually really kind of affected me because, I mean, I haven't listened to Jimmy Buffett nearly as often as I'd really like. And it, I mean, it's not like a direct correlation, but there's definitely something there because I haven't listened to as much Jimmy Buffett. I, uh, my buddy Archie Broadbent before he, he moved to Oregon before he moved to Oregon before I had kids like when we were young and day drunk was an okay thing <laughs> we used to go out in the summertime when we we're done with work it'd be like two o'clock in the afternoon and we just like we'd all sit on the porch with a fucking couple of six packs and just fucking drink on the porch listening to Jimmy Buffett really loud that sounds oh, like a so good great. day drunk experience. Oh, such a good day drunk experience, <laughs> dude. Jimmy Buffett is just like his music just lends to getting drunk during the day. Yeah, it does. It's <laughs> it's day drunk music. Like I was listening to Finn. I, I knew we were going to play uh, uh, Finn's and I was just like, I'm going to have to get another beer if I'm going to listen to Finn's because I'm listening to Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. The, uh, um, and it kind of, I was listening to a really old, montucky skies from back when we were recording at adrian's place and you and i were talking because we were doing a top four bands oh back when top four used to be a thing for us yeah yeah and i listed jimmy buffett as one of my top four and he's like i just don't get it i mean we have margaritaville down in vegas 
and it's just so bad. <laughs> Adrian just called it out, and you forgot. Yeah, I get so blind, but blindsided by my own like wanting for things to happen in my way. Let let me throw out a quick plug. Uh com. You can go back and listen to I don't even know what episode we're on right now. I feel like it's 273. I could be off on that. I'd have to look to be sure, but we're somewhere around the 270s for sure. And uh yeah, you can you can go back and listen to all of them. Um I almost recommend waiting until there's an episode called Live in Studio G, just my own personal preference. I probably wouldn't listen to anything before then. Like, I might for memory, but that was when we finally got, like, decent microphones and stuff and started recording. Like, the recordings are rough before that. Yeah. So, um, but I'm not going to take them down. Like, they're part of the history of the show, so they stay up. But, yeah. Um <laughs> But he totally called it out like way back when. Yeah. And I I didn't listen to your advice, Adrian. <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. And you know it's funny, like thinking back on it, I was like, I had the choice of Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville or White Castle, and I made the wrong choice. Oh, that's bad. That's <laughs> real bad. Cause White Castle, I was so unimpressed after I walked out of there. And what was a real bummer was like, I could have walked to an in and out. I could have walked in in and out, man. Oh, I love in and out. I like, didn't realize there was an in and out down in Vegas. Oh, fuck. Yeah. There's an in and out. I found out exactly where the in and out was. Damn. If I'm back, back in mom. Vegas, I'm going to have to hit the in and out. Yeah. I like, honestly, at this point, it's comical. Like how much I hit in and out when we're anywhere in the West coast. Like, I figure out where the in and outs are, and I hit them. Like, when we're in Los Angeles, um, we hit it like, well, we were there for, I want to say it was nine days, and I think we hit the in and out four days, and that was me restraining for my wife's sake. <laughs> but even, like, one of those times, like, like after we hit the third time, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to hit in and out again. Like, I know I know, I probably hit a limit with my wife. But then one night, she's like, I just feel like a burger. Let's go to in and out And I'm like, really? You don't have to say that to make me happy. She's like, no, <laughs> I really like in and out So we went to in and out especially once she discovered animal style. Animal style? Oh, yeah, dude. They have a whole language that you have to learn. Like, I've, I've visited I- there enough where I know some of the things See, i've never been to the in and out so in and out is basically they grill it well you're not gonna like animal style but like they grill it with onions and and uh mushrooms so yeah i'm not gonna be on but they have they have a bunch of other styles too so yeah i like to get a double double animal style and a chocolate shake and a big basket of fries oh Oh, in and out You're so delightful. To think that all started with Big Lebowski talking about it. Like it did for me. That place didn't exist until I was laughing about it with Big Lebowski with Donnie kept talking about the in and out burger. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. So I uh, actually rented Hail Caesar this week. Oh, what'd you think? I didn't care much for it. Oh, God damn it, dude. I knew it. <laughs> I, I, I gave it a fair shake, and I had one really good belly laugh. And What was it? I can't even remember. Was what it, it Channing Tatum jumping onto the boat? 
No. You didn't like that? I love that jump. Like the same jump he does in the dance in movie the dance where he movie, like yeah. floats. <laughs> like there was some stuff that I was like chuckled at and I I thought it was really great a lot of the movie was done in like the technicolor theatrical style. Did you notice that the maybe this is just me because other people I talked about who saw this movie didn't notice it, but I feel like the Coen brothers are the type of directors who would do this kind of thing. Like every time they showed a clip from a movie, which there's a lot of them, you know, that are going on in the movie. So they show these little clips. They're always done wrong. Like there's always these things that go wrong in the movie. Yeah. And I know it's fucking intentional because when you watch like the parts that aren't like the, the movies in the movie, like everything's fine and checks out. Nothing really like stands out, but every time they do something in the movie, they make like a major mistake. Yeah. Um, one of the subtle things I noticed, and this is something that may be lost on home video. I'm going to be honest, but when I saw it in the theater in the arc light, it really stood out. Like when they were doing the older scenes, like it would be in Technicolor, like you said, or or things like that. But then like when they did the Caesar movie, it's like an HD. And I was like, dude, that's an HD. Like that is hilarious that they just like intentionally like made the camera lenses too good because like when you watch movies from that era, they fuck up everything. They just don't give a shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like you bring in the guy like Moses, like why do you have that guy in, in the 10 commandments? You know, they did that shit all the time. I just, I thought it was, there's all this little clever stuff that I liked. I think one of the big laughs I got was when, uh, George Clooney was giving his big like speech in front of Jesus and just like <laughs> nailing it, just fucking nailing this speech and then just like forgets his line at the very end. This is really, are you sure that you didn't get soured on the movie because like your big laugh was from George Clooney? <laughs> oh, I can laugh at George Clooney. Okay. <laughs> He's, I, he is playing the role that I thought you would love, which is just like a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> like he's really making fun of himself in that movie, I feel like. Like the actor who's just like really dopey and attractive and then like suddenly wants to jump on a cause and doesn't know well, what he's the like, fuck he's doing. Well, he like gets drug into a cause and he's like, yeah, I can stand behind this and like... Basically gets back to the studio, gets slapped in the face by Josh Brolin. It's like, oh, yeah, that's dumb. (laughs) I love Josh Brolin in that movie, dude. Like, he's, it just makes me laugh so much that, like, his whole immoral thing that he's so guilty about is just smoking. Like, it's not, he's not having an affair, but he treats it like he's having an affair. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to see the priest and confess about having a sneaking a cigarette. <laughs> Let me ask you, what do you think that movie was about? Because this is a Coen Brothers movie. Like, whether you liked it or not, you know it's working on levels that you're going to have to you see know, it multiple times. When I, when I tear it apart, like, you know, I didn't hate it. And it was just probably the first viewing of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it. I have to tell myself that with Coen Brother movies, too. Like, if I don't like something the first time out, gotta see it again with Coen Brothers. They're one of the few people I'll do that with. Like, Big Lebowski, I really didn't like the first time I saw it. I did. I didn't understand it at all. And then, but I like, didn't catch half of the shit I've caught. Oh, no. You couldn't, dude. That takes so many viewings to catch all the levels going on. 
Because there's like smart comedy with the stupid comedy going on. You know, there's a real detective story going on yeah. on top of everything else. But, but so what did you think the movie was about? I'm just curious, like, because I've only seen it once. You've only seen it once. So, yeah. And you've even <laughs> seen it more recently than me. So what I really gleaned was the, the thrust of the movie was the day-to-day anacity in Hollywood was kind of what I gleaned out of it. Okay. There's definitely a lot of that going on. Um, and I mean, part of it was the, um, TV part of Hollywood trying to take over and pull him in to get him away from having to show up at a, a you know, actress's doorstep at four o'clock in the morning to <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. To pull a film from the camera. She's shooting a, <laughs> she's shooting a home like boudoir scene or boudoir session. And he's like, no, he just like pulls the film out of the camera. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, go home. See, I kind of thought the movie was about, um, and maybe it's just Josh Borland's arc, but I thought it was mostly about how people think that Hollywood is immoral, but it's not. It's just escapism from an immoral world. I kind of thought that that was the theme of the movie. Like everything that's going on, like even, okay. So if you break down like uh, Channing Tatum's part in it, which like it's a Coen brothers movie, dude, you can't really ruin anything. You know what I mean? Like, so just listen on it. It's fine. But, so what I kind of thought it was, um, like, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> Two beers in. I'm already swimming. No. Um, okay. So when you break down, like what Channing Tatum does, like he is essentially a true communist, right? Like he's supposed yeah. to be the bad guy who's like bringing the money and stuff, but then he drops it in the water and he's dopey and it's really hardly any money at all. And there's like, it's a like a hundred G. Yeah. And there's like a submarine that's coming there to get it and stuff. And it's like, even if that happened, like Hollywood, anything that actors in Hollywood <sighs> do is pretty benign. I think is what they're trying to say. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel like it, he was just trying to make a case for, like, you know, maybe, like, Republicans talking about how immoral Hollywood is all the time. But it's like, no, you know, they're they're just entertaining. They have their the own the breed of weirdness. Yeah. But it's mostly benign. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're most... The stuff that would, like, raise eyebrows the most is still, like, just stupid. Yeah. You know, like, looking at George Clooney turning with that whole meeting. Who's that guy with the eyebrows? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. As soon as I said the guy with the eyebrows, you knew who I was talking about. With the gray hair. Yeah. Yeah, me and Zach were trying to figure that out because, like, that dude is in stuff. Yeah, he's in things. And you could tell because he's got those giant eyebrows. They just, like, (laughs) they totally grab your eyes when you're watching it. But Um, that's funny to say that because that's he's one of those guys in there. Him and Alfred Molina were the two guys that like really stuck out of the huge scene with like 20 people in it. Did you notice the Highlander reunion? The Highlander. Did you notice it? 
I was so excited by that. They had they had Connor McLeod and they had the Kurgan, both playing directors in this movie. It was fucking wonderful. And then when they build them, they like did the actor one after the other, but they couldn't have them on the same screen because there can only be one at a time. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I feel like I, the I enjoyed did that Clancy on Brown. He was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Coens did that on purpose. I really do. I think they were just like excited to have a Highlander reunion there. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> And the other movie I watched this week was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, Out of the Shadows. Oh, yeah, you're going to review that. Um, This movie was better than I had anticipated. Um, I think Michael Bay kind of reserved himself a little bit for this. He only movie. produced this one though. Like that, the Ninja Turtle movies, he only produces, he didn't actually direct. So there's, yeah, he didn't, re- he didn't reserve himself at all. Maybe he just reserved himself to producing, <laughs> which was an excellent choice. <laughs> um, you know that this one hit all of the marks that, I wanted to see out of a Ninja Turtles movie Beaver forever. Rock, Steady and Krang. Yeah, those are the three. Um, again, they really need to get Megan Fox out of there. She's terrible. <laughs> Just terrible. <clears throat> Can I play devil's advocate here? Because I do agree with you. She's terrible. Are they really going to, like, that part, the way it's written, like, can they put somebody in and have it do well? Because I haven't seen this new one, but what I saw her doing, the other one, like, even the script was terrible with what they did with her. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't seem like a journalist in the first one really You know, and, I, and it could be... She seemed like a 10-year-old's idea of a journalist. It could be writing, but it's just... It's she, probably both. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. I don't think replacing Megan no, Fox is No, and the, writing, fix the writing in this movie is terrible. Just flat out terrible. So maybe Michael Bay didn't reserve himself. Because <laughs> um, the wife and I started watching uh, Arrow on Netflix. Just because we finished running through The Flash and we're like, you know what? Why not watch Arrow? And it's been pretty good so far. We're about halfway through the first season. Okay. And I made it four episodes. <laughs> that was when it was first out. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this. I don't care about superheroes enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's parts of it I don't like where it gets really drama esque. That's what I've been discovering from like little watches I've done since then. Um, I've, feel like it doesn't embrace the funness of comics it more it's more the emo part of it see that's where i get a lot out of flashes it really like yeah goes on the superhero side of things that's it has it has its own heart and drama and stuff that's going on but it really does embrace like the superhero battles base and yeah. that kind that's, of stuff. That's why I love the flash. Like as soon as I saw that pilot, I was like, I love this. Cause it's, <laughs> it's just, fun. it's a good balance. Yeah. Like that, you know what it is? Okay. So 
how can I put this? Okay, The Flash, to me, if you're talking like DC movies, like The Flash represents like the old school Superman movies in a way. Like it doesn't get to all the nerd stuff, but like it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like the first two Superman movies are just fun and yeah. joyous. Um, I feel like Green Lantern, or not Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I'm sorry, Green Arrow is more like what they're doing with DC lately. Yeah. Like just really dark and and gritty and like emo, you know. And that's what I don't like about it. Do you think that in a way Christopher Nolan tarnished DC? No. Because Christopher Nolan's movies totally work. Um I think it's somebody somebody producing movies or David Goyer who's writing the movies who's just like this worked so we're going to keep doing it and I think you can't keep doing that because like the way christopher this is the thing like people are gonna want to blame christopher nolan for this whole period of movies it's really not his fault he did what totally worked and had to be done had to be done with batman at the time like, yeah Batman was a dead property in the movies oh, it, batman was going into a very bad place yeah it gotten so fucking silly that like he had to like grind like ground it you know but um, I don't blame him for that because his movies totally work. Even Dark and I Knight love Returns, his movies, which has problems, like has a lot of problems. It still works as a movie, you know. Um, and then like the Superman movies, it's it's like Zack Snyder was like, okay, so we have to strike that tone for this universe. Yeah, you know, and it's like, no, you don't, dude. Like, do what you do best, Zack Snyder. Like, which is not. I mean, it's a lot of slow motion. Um, <laughs> sorry, slow Zach. motion bullets yeah bullet casings hitting the ground yeah. but i mean like gritty is not what Zack snyder does well like Zack snyder does fun action well yeah um maybe not fun action like batman running around with an ak-47 killing people even if it's a dream sequence god that oh <laughs> Batman killing people bothers me enough. Batman killing people with guns, even in a dream sequence, just fucking bothers me. Yeah, it's a bad, bad place. He just does not understand Batman. That's what bothers me. Anyway, I forgot why you got into that point. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Back to Ninja Turtles. Um, Krang was gross. <laughs> just this, like, brain with... I'm like... If you had to, like, build something to look like what you saw off the cartoon, th that's what you got on Does screen. Does he have the body that he controls? Yeah, he's got this big robot body. Is he in the crotch area again? Just above the waistband of the crotch, yeah. Krang is a perv, dude. I, I, gotta, I gotta address this because it's weird. Like, Krang is a fucking perv, and here's why. He is a brain, right? And, like, if you're operating this giant body, you'd probably want to be up at a head so you can make eye contact with people and, like, see things high and stuff. No. He chooses to be a crotch level with everybody. Yeah. That's fucking creepy, dude. And I don't mean creepy, like, scary. I mean creepy, like, <laughs> giant mustache and, like, comb back. Has a van that says free hair. candy on it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... This is a dude who, like, I don't know, like, he, he trolls for women at, like, Hallmarks. 
Like he's just fucking weird and off and you and he smells bad <laughs> and you don't want to deal with him. He's a crotch level by choice. Yeah. I can't get past that. I can't get past that. It's it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and the way that they directed this, he could actually like come out of the crotch on like these three like metal arms and like come out. It was very phallic. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. All right, what about Bebop and Rocksteady? Spot on. Really? Like that kind of crap? Yeah. Like, you don't expect much out of a character Bebop and Rocksteady, other than they're here to, like, fuck shit up. (laughs) You know what always, like, really weirded me out about the cartoon? It struck me as odd as a kid, and it strikes me as even more odd as an adult. Like, that 80s cartoon, it was, and I bring this up because it was the episode, it was the pilot one. So it was when uh, Bebop and Rocksteady were created in the episode, okay? Like, at one point before they turn into Bebop and Rocksteady, they're harassing April O'Neil down the street, and they call her a bimbo. And it's a kid's cartoon. And I remembered hearing bimbo and thinking, like, that's a fun insult, and then getting in a lot of trouble and finding (laughs) out what bimbo actually meant. And then, like, it still, like, boggles my mind that they would put that in a kid's cartoon. They wouldn't do that today. No. In a kid's cartoon. They probably wouldn't even put that in a movie. I mean, nobody calls anybody a bimbo anyway. Like, not anymore. But still, that's weird. That's real weird. Yeah, bimbo is kind of like one of those sexist terms, like, broad or that it's not. Broad is less bad, though. Yeah. Like, broad is sexist, but it's also, like, you can say it kind of jokey. And, like, broad some women is will like a madman right. sexist term. Like, yeah. Like, it's definitely sexist, but, like, bimbo is just like, there's no, there's no. Just a sex symbol, complete airhead. Like, if yeah. you had to, like, describe what that like a term slutty meant. airhead is what yeah. bimbo is basically like there's there's no there's nothing like but you could say like she's a fiery broad or something and get a laugh or something like if you say it right with somebody you know like you could make that joke but like there's just no way to make the joke with bimbo and have it be okay i don't think either of them are really okay but i mean neither <laughs> of them are okay but bimbo's way less okay than broad yes yeah. Just to be fair, just to put it where I'm at here. I don't think Broad's okay, but at least if they put Broad in a cartoon, I'd be like, that's at least a little classier way to be sexist, I guess. (laughs) Maybe classy isn't the right term. I should just, every time I talk about sexism, I I, uh, paint myself as a sexist, so I should just shut my fucking mouth. That's what happens when you become a white male. Yeah. I was, yeah, you've only recently become a white male. I was born a white male. (laughs) Who would you say that to? Michael Jackson is like the only dude on earth and he's dead now. Oh God. Have you seen those pictures in Neverland Ranch? You know, I, I, I saw of them. I didn't actually like. 
click on click on the clickbait. clickbait. Yeah, um, I got on the clickbait because I'm like, I am curious, and of course they mislead you with some stuff. And I said, "Read." I'm like, "All right, come on." So then I like looked it up and found the original post it came from, and like looked it up, and of course there's better explanations, but there's some fucking creepy stuff in there for like, dude was like, I was always pretty sure he's a pedophile. I was like looking at that. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally sure he's a pedophile now. Like he had like little naked children as like handles and it was some Greek mythology thing, but like handles on his main door for the mansions. But it's still like, dude, even if it's, it's a Greek mythology the... thing, it's not cool. It's not cool. There's just no way to do that. No, no, no not at all. That's creepy. Like you had that installed at some point in the eighties, probably or the nineties. Like that's not okay in that time period. Like, let's say you were, like, in the 20s. Maybe you could get away with that then. Uh, because it didn't exist as far as they were concerned, right? <laughs> Nobody was looking for it. But that shit is creepy. And there was, like, a lot of creepy stuff. But, yeah. I, I'm surprised that it's just sat there empty. I guess it's, like, a court thing. Like, it's in dispute as to who owns it. So I'm sure. But you would think that they'd get together and, like... Let's turn this into a mini amusement park because it'll make a lot of money. Doesn't that seem like a th- Maybe it's not zoned for that in his neighborhood. I don't know. Maybe Joe Jackson doesn't want the money off of that. I don't know how that works. But. Oh, Joe Jackson always wants the money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. He beats his dick like it owes him money. That's, <laughs> that's how that works with Joe Jackson. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a good place to cut this. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting this on that Joe Jackson joke. <laughs> um, so apparently Batman versus Superman is coming out with their R-rated cut, I think, this week to HD digital. And then they're going to do the Blu-ray like a week after. And so apparently some critics who have seen it said that it um, explains a lot of plot holes that are in the movie. So here's my issue with that. I read a bunch of the plot holes and I was like, yeah, that explains that stuff. But that wasn't even the shit I had the problem with the movie. No, that wasn't where you were having a problem with. I did see today was confirmed Larry David is doing another season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I saw that too. Season nine. That's amazing. He even said on Bill Simmons show he wasn't going to do another one because he thought that... um, it would like they wouldn't match up with the previous season, so it just wouldn't work. Yeah, but maybe he thought differently because there's so many. I shows think he got a little bit back of back now. into the acting bug doing the stuff for SNL this season. Yeah, and he was also doing a play for the year before that too that he wrote. So, uh, and then he had Jason Alexander take over the part. That's <laughs> absolutely true. Um, I thought it was just great. It was funny because I saw it. And it was what the first time I saw it was one of those like clickbait Facebook things. And I was like, uh, sure, whatever. And then I saw it on two other places. I'm like, oh, this is actually a thing. Yeah, I read it on a site and I was like, really? And I like looked it up and sure enough, HBO made an announcement today. So, oh, God, that makes me happy. That makes me so happy. Um, and, the thing is, too, is it's the, the writers from the league. Like, all the writers yeah. from the league, every single one of them works on Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
So they just did the league at that time because that wasn't ever when Curb Your Enthusiasm was filmed. And every year they were always just like waiting to get a call, but not sure if they'd get a call or not. And now the league is done, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the last call they did was that Clear History movie. Did you see that at all? No. It's worth checking out. Like, it's not a Curb thing, but it's definitely, if you like Curb Your Enthusiasm, you'll enjoy it. But I think you could just enjoy it anyway. Like, it's this movie where Larry David plays this guy uh, who is in this tech company that's about to blow up. And he gets pissed off with some stupid little minute thing about going to the bathroom and like, and like it's a car. Okay. It's a high tech car. And, uh, he gets pissed off because he wants to have something where he can pee in this like tube that's in the car <laughs> and they won't consider it. They just talk about how ridiculous it is. So the day before they launch, he like drops all his stock, which turns out to be worth billions. <laughs> And so, um, it's John Hamm is like the guy who co-founds a company with him. And so he goes into hiding and like when he's, when he's with the company, he's got like super long hair, like a full head of hair and it's like really long and a big beard. And then after he quits the company, his hair just starts falling out. (laughs) And so eventually like shape, like goes clean shaven. So he's unrecognizable. And he moves to Martha's Vineyard. And then John Hamm moves to Martha's Vineyard. And he's like, it's just great, dude. I don't want to get into everything, but like JB Smooth is in it. And uh, just all kinds of funny people. Uh, oh, what's her JB name? JB Smooth is the only one that's so far signed on to the new season of Curve. That's fine, dude. Like, I, Jeff Garland has got to be involved because he's a producer for the show. So uh, that's his, his agent on the show so for sure jeff garland is in it like i just know that so it'd be larry david jeff garland i'm sure they could get Susie essman who's uh the wife of uh of his manager and uh yeah jb smooth is like the funniest character on it other than larry david so that's all you need baby that's all you need (laughs) if you just had larry and jb smooth the show works so you really only need Larry. De- like that that eighth season that they did, they go to New York like halfway through the season, maybe like after three episodes, and so the only recurring character is like Larry David and and JB Smooth's character, and they fucking they're hilarious, dude. They're the funniest thing in the show. So as long as those two are in it, I'm confident. Have you seen? Um, there's a show out there. It's called The Real Husbands of Hollywood. No. Um, basically, like, it's a parody of all, like, the Real, Real Housewives, Housewives of Orange County or wherever. Does it have J.B. Smooth? It has J.B. Smooth, so Kevin Hart. Um, the cast on that is pretty funny. Yeah, I would watch it for J.B. Smooth. That dude is hilarious. Just the way he talks is funny. Like, they had this in Curb Your Enthusiasm when he gets divorced with his wife he like he's talking to the, the agent and he's like yeah man he's been a Moby Dick and he's like Moby Dick yeah Moby Dick and he's like so he's been like a literary thing like no Moby Dick and like you find out he's saying Mopey Dick like he's been a Mopey Dick he <laughs> keeps saying Moby Dick <laughs> so funny like he just sounds funny. That's a guy I feel I really feel like he's gonna blow up someday. Like huge. 
I really hope he blows up huge. Like JB Smooth should should be like I, I like the last time I felt that way about a person was like Dave Chappelle. Like Dave Chappelle for the longest time I thought should blow up and it offended me that people didn't know who he was for the longest time. Of course you and I were watching Half Baked, so Yeah, but I was like even on him before Half Baked. Like when Half Baked came out and I realized he was in it, I was so thrilled. Because I didn't remember seeing him in a movie before that. Although I had seen Men in Tights, so I just kind of forgot. Yeah. Because he's the, the, the guy. That guy's had some chops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was like 19 when he did Men in Tights. So he said he learned a lot from Mel Brooks. But I loved the stand-up way before that. Like, I remember watching him in a MTV half-hour comedy hour. And he was doing this thing where he's like, I was on the bus the other day. And this woman kept turning around and going, mm, mm, mm. I was just like, that is fucking rude, lady. Like, mind your own business. I continued masturbating, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I remember seeing that when I was like in maybe middle school, maybe younger. And just thinking he was hilarious. So I've been on the Dave Chappelle train for a long, long time. And I feel that way about JB Smooth. Like he was around a long time before I was aware of him. But like, yeah, he, I mean, he's done a lot of big names. Well, I mean, he's been like Bud Light commercials. Yeah, and done a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I remember Bob Odenkirk too is another one. I kept waiting to blow you know, up super I, huge. I'm I saw so him in a movie now. the other day. I didn't realize it was him. What, what movie? Monkey Bone. He plays one of the oh, surgeons. God, I don't think I could sit through Monkey Bone to watch Bob Odenkirk. That was such a bad movie. It was a bad movie, right? Am I? Was it like ahead of its time? Or I enjoy it. I've watched it like Did twice. Did you always in the last... like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can watch that. Maybe I'll give it one more shot. It's Chris Kattan. Yeah, he's probably Chris the Kattan. worst part of that movie. Yeah, I like even in Saturday Night Live, I always felt like he was the weakest link on that cast. Ugh. Like I re- like I remember cocaine's f- a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing uh, like when he was it not Mango. I mean that was a character, Mister Peoples. Yeah, Mister Peoples when he'd eat the apples. The first time I saw that shit, it was hilarious. The second time I was like, okay, you're kind of doing the same thing, but it's kind of funny. And then I was just done with it. And I'm he done. did it like yeah. every episode for like four years. It was he would do that sketch and I was like, Oh God, I'm so done with it. Like it's the same thing every time. Yeah. And there wasn't that much layers to the joke, you know. Have you seen him lately? He's real drugged out. I remember seeing a photo like maybe a year ago. Yeah, he does not look good. Yeah. Lots of hardcore drug use does that to a person, but I did enjoy him in uh, uh, Night at the Roxbury. Like him and Will Ferrell are pretty funny in that. Will Ferrell was the better part of that. Oh, not disagreeing at all. <laughs> but he does okay in it. Like they're pretty funny. Although it, that movie does get weird when you're hearing them talking a lot of the time because it's like they work better in the sketch when. They really don't talk when they're just like him, him, me, me, him, me, him, me. Okay. <laughs> like that's really all the talking they do. <coughs> they're just going up and dry humping every woman they come across. <laughs> so wrong. But at yeah. least it was presented as wrong, you know. 
How much money do you think? Who was it who did that song, What is Love? I couldn't tell you that one. How much money do you think he made off of just the Saturday Night Live stuff for that song? Between that and the movie, a lot of money. Yeah. Like, I feel like he probably made a lot of money off of that song anyway, but then I feel like it probably doubled or tripled because of, like, getting paid for every time Saturday Night Live reruns or, like, the movie, every time the movie's on TV or something. Like, just people who get some good royalty checks on that one. Yeah, people who hear that and then buy the song, you know. (laughs) Like, I think he probably does pretty well on that. Yeah. You could probably make a rain check. You're not have to film porn for that <laughs> to make up that other two hundred dollars. Do you remember when like that music, like that? What kind of techno do, would you call that? Dance, dance, just just straight up dance. That's all I ever dance really... electronica. Yeah, probably electronica. Like that. Do you remember when that was like the the, the big thing? Like it, it would have been like when we were in high school probably like our later years yeah it was like late 90s 97 yeah i think like like 96 to like 2000 it was like really really like at its peak right god like i was just thinking about that because like there's that song that's like and i miss you like the deserts miss the rain (laughs) like you could not avoid that song for like four years and uh i don't think i've heard it for like 16 years (laughs) I think that's the first time I've heard it, me, like, singing that. Yeah, probably. See, I had a roommate in college. That's all he listened oh, to. Oh, Pierre? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, you listened to a lot of trendy shit when you were in college. But I didn't just listen to electronic dance music. No, no, no. No, but, like, I remember you getting really into Offspring. And I'll admit, I jumped off onto that, too, because... I remember you brought back Smash and me being like, this is really funny and getting Smash and then Americana. And then now it's like shit that I'm embarrassed by. Like, I totally realize like how embarrassing that is. But you don't I can realize st- I can still listen to Smash. Americana. and I can no. listen to Smash, but I feel bad about it. Like Americana, there's just no way, you know. Um, what was another one? Um uh chumba wumba yeah that was you that was all you i don't have to claim that one no that was me <laughs> you were so into chumba Wumba. you had the cd there was only one song we had the cd man. for one day what happened i went down to hastings bought the cd like went back home recorded it on my computer so i had a copy of it and my uh the ra is like dude can i cop borrow that to make a copy i'm like yeah sure whatever so i lent it to him he fucking snapped it in half that day (laughs) like you son of a such a dick move dude no it wasn't even like cd at that time too yeah and it was just like i mean he just it wasn't like (laughs) hey he grabbed it from me and snapped it in half no that would be the like ultimate dick move is like can i see that a second just snap it in half (laughs) 
<laughs> no, this was like, oh, I just threw it in my closet and it closed the door on it. Like, dude, I just fucking bought that. Yeah, when you said that, I pictured that like you like handed it to him and he just snapped it in front of you and then dropped it on the floor and something because of, of Chumbawamba. <laughs> it was way funnier the way I pictured it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so much music to be embarrassed of now. Let me ask you a question. With the current socioeconomical political climate that we live in today, can you ride down the street and listen to the Marshall Mathers LP anymore? No. 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 Do you even want to spin that CD anymore? No. No, me neither. I was thinking about that the other day, like, because I heard something about Eminem. I was like, oh my God, dude. Like, can Eminem exist in this world anymore? <laughs> like, he's still spinning records. I guess. Wow. I just like, I love the Marshall Mathers CD so much, but it made me uncomfortable even at the time. Like, yeah. there was, there was, was a lot of stuff. It was pretty edgy at the time. It, it was, it was all the gay bashing and it was like too much, but I always like sort of held <laughs> to the thing of like he's just trying to offend people. He's just like, you know, trying to get a rise out of people. But then you look at it now, it's like, yeah, but that's really not fair. Like, these are people that get shit on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could never play that CD now. No, I haven't played that in probably 15, 17 years. You know what I totally could play off of there, though? Bitch, please, you must have a mental disease. Assume the position and get back down on your knees. Come on. You don't really want to fuck with me. Mm -hmm. Only, no, I can't. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the devil. They only want to play. I could still listen to that song. Bitch, please is pretty great. Um, That was always my favorite song on that album. You know, it's so weird when you like get kind of out of mainstream music and then you hear something. I was uh, doing a project for Carroll College last year. And we were doing a heating system for their locker room. And so I was in there, like, measuring some stuff up and a bunch of football players listening, like, to the uncut Drake album. I was like, oh, this is not the Drake I've heard on the radio. See, I'm so I'm so uncool that I only know of Drake from like Toronto Raptors games. <laughs> I have no idea. Me and Jason Moore were going off on on uh, Drake with like the Raptors and like them being in the Eastern Conference Finals and stuff. And uh, Jay was saying that he was pulling for the uh, the Raptors just to make Drake happy. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no way they're gonna win another game. Like they're so out of their depth." And then they won. <laughs> And I just put, I forgot about Drake. <laughs> but I, I couldn't identify Drake's song if I heard it. You probably, you've heard Hotline Bling. Probably. I have no idea. You've heard it. I mean, like I said, I'll take your word for it. See, this, like, this is the thing that I argued with Adrian about Adele, right? 
Yeah. Like it's impossible to live in the world and not hear the song somewhere like walking down the street or like hearing it blasting out of somebody's car. When I totally believe I've heard it. Yeah. I just could not identify it for you yeah. right now. If I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah I heard that. Well, it's funny because we were at, uh, we went to a live of five last week and Max Hay was playing. Yeah. I totally missed that. I felt horrible because we were homebound and then we went for a walk and it like started to rain. And so we went back home and then I just kind of forgot about alive at five because of the rain. Yeah. And he actually was playing Drake during one of his songs, <laughs> which like was pretty good. Playing a CD or playing no, a Drake like, song? No, like he was singing one of his songs and like spliced it in like with Drake's hotline bling. Oh, nice. I love Max. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. Okay. Should we kill this? I think it's time. Yeah. We're only 84 minutes in. <laughs> Ew. That's a long. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Can I just play this clip? Because I just want to play it. I was going to play it earlier and then I didn't get a chance. I'm Batman. All right. I'm good. Take it easy. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> That's gonna drive Zach crazy. <laughs> Just totally cut it off. <laughs> I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege mm-hmm. of experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not Something's right, and the characters pick off. up on it right away and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, I'd yeah, be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have... Given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.